I knew it was 1216, one year after the squawk, as if I could ever make such a mistake. Never. Never. I just I just couldn't prove it. He covered his tracks. He got the idiot at the Daily Gamecock to lie for him. You think this is something? You think this is bad? This this chicanery? He's done worse. That mac and cheese story. Are you telling me that a man just happens to get clicks like that? No. He botted it. Steven, he made up his sources, and I saved him, and I shouldn't have. I took him into my own podcast. What was I thinking? He'll never change. He'll never change. Ever since he was nine. Always the same. Couldn't keep his opinion pieces out of the newsletter. But not our Steven. Couldn't be precious Steven. Stealing them blind. And he gets to be an editor. What a sick joke. I should have stopped him when I had the chance. And and you have to stop him. You, you, you. That was so beautiful, Noah. That was um, quite incredible. <laughs> Speedy justice yeah. for us just happened. Speedy justice for all. Yeah. Let justice be done, though the heavens may fall. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's so good. That's just a little tease for yeah. what's coming later. For and a tease for know. Noah's acting career coming yeah. soonish. <laughs> God. That was, no, that's not a tease for my acting career. <laughs> it is. No, that was beautiful. I, I love the mac and cheese tidbit. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite. You know, in all my time as an arts and culture editor, that that'll really live up as as a testament to the future of journalism, but yeah, it was also a great story. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, that was the chicanery speech from season three of Better Call Saul. Um, we said last week how much I enjoyed the last season, right. and since then, Stephen uh, and our guest Audrey. Has yeah, welcome guest Audrey Ellsbury. Yeah, I engagement. Also, yeah, no, just kidding, just kidding. Outreach director, newly outreach director. But I also have yeah. just finished the last season of Better Call Saul, which Long, was amazing. Yeah, it, it was, was amazing. amazing. Yeah, we, see, we both how, just how, said that. How is outreach director going so far? Um, it's definitely going. We are doing recruitment right now, so that's mostly my gig. So I've been doing a lot of that, um, you know, outreaching, engaging, directing, all that jazz, directing, dir- yeah, all that jazz. Yep. And, uh, you know, I did mistake her painfully yeah. one time for the engagement In, in, in front director. of the entire staff, um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a perfect man. When I am I've never claimed to be. Management, so. She's management, and I'm wrong. That's okay. There's nothing wrong My with My chicanery it. knows no bounds. <laughs> heedless <Yeah>. chicanery. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, heedless chicanery as well, in the, there was a uh, really good line and i don't know if i've ever told you this noah but one of my and this is maybe super nerdy of me one of my favorite like movie rating metrics i i just call it minionry because uh i don't really know how else to put it but you know like a good the best example of minionry is i don't know if you how big into lord of the rings you are but there's like that scene and pretty sure it's the two towers where one of the goblins is like says like you know they're all fighting over like when we get to have meat and they all have these like super shrill if you know it you know it for for Aiden Souls no I'll spare our listeners my shrill impression today but for for the one listener out there who knows uh hopefully what I'm talking about it's really you know like uh Star Wars has a lot of good minionry like um 
the stormtroopers, you know, just like, like yes the silly men. comments. Yeah, the yes men. Like yeah. just the, you know, when the camera cuts in and it's like mid punchline, you know, of like a, what is obviously a really stupid joke. That's that's mm-hmm. good minionry. And, uh, uh, you know, it's so going to jump ahead to our Better Call Saul discussion really yeah. quick to discuss. Minionry yeah. Yes, really please, please. <laughs> um, there's a such a good minionry um, moment in like one of the last episodes. So spoiler alert. When yeah. Kim goes to shoot Gus and she's like looking at all the goons is like she's trying to figure out who to shoot. They're like, who are you sent to? Mike's like, who are you sent to kill? And Kim's like, that guy. And she points <laughs> to like some other like yeah. black guy with yeah. glasses on. And he's just like, well, around, like what, what, that, what that's the guy that they station in his house so that it looks like there's movement in a wind. Like they found he's the decoy. Yeah, he's fring. the decoy fring. So right, that, yeah. that he's the, the you're exactly, exactly the right. decoy Frank is no, some great minion. The minionry in, in Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul, like the the two guys, I forget his name. They have like those Greek like mythology names. Like one guy's name is like Tulsa or something. Um, you know, there's a tall guy and the shorter guy. The two oh, main yeah, guys no, like he, he will, Fring minions. No, not, not Huel. Not Huel, although is it amazing oh, he almost oh. transcends the minion genre the, he's more um, of a character the like manager of Los Poyos Hermanos Lyle yeah Lyle, Lyle is a great minion. minion he is great I love Lyle he's he like needs the his own spinoff of, show yeah yeah if you can't tell listener uh, Aiden Sauls we, we are going to be talking a lot about Better Call Saul today but um, and, and hopefully more about minionry but before we forget we forgot last time we should talk about local news yeah, and, uh, we get too swept scoops. away in our yeah. catching up, you know. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's a it's honestly a problem between Noah and I, um, and the reason we started this podcast. But um, yeah, I you know I I am looking forward to the T Pain concert. We didn't talk about this last time. It was still pretty breaking on our first episode. But USC is bringing uh, Thomas Paine to Thomas Payne. Uh, you know Cockstock, our annual. Uh, Little adventure that'll be fun. I, I got my tickets. Did you get yours? <laughs> yeah, the 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 writer and uh, founding father Thomas Paine. I've yeah. been a fan of his for quite a long time. Right, I will say. I mean, anybody with common sense, right? Right, right. Did he write that? Um, <laughs> I hope. Let's that just say he landed. did. Yeah, yeah. So that's so the punchline <laughs> there works. I see Audrey's looking. I up looked up his real T-Pain's name. Real what name? do you think his real name? Fahim it's Rasad not Thomas. Najim. Yeah. Fahim Rajad. No. Thomas Paine did write Common Sense. Look at that. <laughs> yes. A-Push. Yeah. Shout out to A-Push. Okay. <laughs> or Thomas. A, that was a deep Thomas cut. Payne. Yeah, that was a deep cut. Early history. You know, I, I don't really listen to T-Pain, and it's it's kind of funny. I think we talked about this, but at the Darius Rucker concert, gosh, what was that guy's name? The oh, rapper. And who he was opened like, well, for him? Yeah, he was like... Um, He's saying, um, must be the money... Yeah. It was like the only song of his that he sang. And that he was like, knew. he was like, "Where are my OGs at?" And we were like, <laughs> "Man, like two people. <laughs> this is you know, we're basically seniors. Your OGs graduated rough. three years yeah. ago." Yeah. Um, like, who was he? All I know is the that the Cheerios commercial redid that song. Nelly. Nelly. Yeah. Love okay. Nelly. It was a great. Co- oh, Honestly, I, I loved yeah. Nelly. I remember when he was like but about Nelly. He kept being like, "All right, all my OGs sing louder," <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah no one." Do we know your songs? <laughs> yeah. No. He, what did he sing? He sang like uh, he Florida like, Georgia Line. Yeah, he did like covers too. Or actually, he was in that song with Florida Georgia Line for some reason. But Cockstock has a history of a having phenomenal artists. ASAP Ferg, mm-hmm. the beloved and masterful. 
Arsene Young Fire, Nudie. Young Nudie, yeah. The cousin of, who is it? Uh, Kendrick? Kendrick? I think it's Kendrick's cousin, right? Maybe? I don't know. The cousin of, of a popular guy, right? Um, I went to the ASAP for a concert. That was a great experience. Uh, he showed up like an hour late, which is typical, of, almost mandatory of Cockstock for the, the C-tier artist to show up about an hour hey, and a half late. T- Thomas Paine is not <laughs> C-tier. He's You're at right. least B+. Plus. Yeah, he's, he's solid B. I've, yeah. s- I've heard a few of his songs. Yeah. Bartender. Yeah. I know him from that toy. Yeah, Buy you a drink. Shoddy Snappin'. Yeah, Shoddy yeah. Snappin'. How could I forget? Buy you a drink is in parentheses Shoddy Snappin'. Shoddy s- Oh, okay. Buy you a drink, Shoddy Snappin', one. Common Sense, yeah. two. True. Billboard's hit. <laughs> um, you know. my, I think that T-Pain started the just using the letter U instead of Y-O-U in songs. Yeah. Buy you a drink, first of all, letter U. I'm pretty sure the drink Second D of all, is capitalized as and well. And drink with an A. Drank. Yeah, I mean he's brilliant. What well, who did that first, T Pain or Kendrick? Uh, I'm I gonna would have to bet money it would be T Pain. You know, yeah. Kendrick's Kendrick's what late two thousands, like right? Yeah, yeah. T Pain's been around the block. Yeah, yeah. T Pain's been around the block. Take that, Kendrick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was here when he wasn't. That'll be exciting though. Um, you know, uh, a really stellar piece of content. I have to shout out maybe our second biggest fan. I don't know if he's listening this far in. But uh, Caleb Bazard, um, the uh, eighth most important per- person at the 13th most important paper. Um, <laughs> Caleb wrote a review of Hold Me Closer. You know, personally, I'm not a big Britney boy. Caleb is. Are uh, you an Elton? I, I do like Elton John, yeah. I, I mean, I love Elton John. Who doesn't love Elton John, though? But, um, you know, the Hold Me Closer, to me, kind of just see the, the new singles that Britney and Elton put out together, you know, to me, it kind of just seemed like uh, a remix of Tiny Dancer, you know. It was, I would say. I know it is, but, you know, I listened to it once or twice per Caleb's demands. He gave it an A. He gave, I know, that's, you know. But he also said, the pull quote, as the pull quote states, that she could, Spears, could release audio of her filing her taxes yeah and he would listen i'm gonna say that yeah that, that is some bias here on, on our radio just, yeah. just you know speaking in general about the paper uh, right now i really do like the new poll quote thing that a lot of the articles have yeah it's a good addition you like it yeah, yeah. it makes you it makes us makes me us look very professional yeah Indeed. it's, it's a little looking. more engaging to see that the text yeah. rap you know yeah. <laughs> can i yeah. um do justice to Caleb's uh, visual idea that didn't get to reach yes, the audience? Yes, please, we must give this justice. So yeah. anyone who Speedy knows justice. our friend, um, Mr. Bazard, he has a uh, Britney Spears cutout that, you know, resides in his home, and he was going to use it for a visual for the story and put some Elton John-esque sunglasses on it, um, and they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him do that. The gods came down. No, I mean, I, I understand you know, it is it is understandable. I will say, you know, listener Aiden Souls, picture in your mind right now a picture of uh, Caleb's, I don't know, he's probably had it five years, let's say five years, five-year-old cut out of Britney Spears. Almost life-size yeah. also. No, she is life-size. I've stood next to her. Okay. You know, perfect, <laughs> perfectly life-size, exactly. Authentically. You know, that's, that's one of the beauties of the cardboard cutout. That's true. You know, it's honestly. My high school had a cardboard cutout of the Pope that people love to take pictures with. Whoa. That's really funny. Have yeah. you guys been to Staples lately? Stop or it! Office You're stealing my bit. No, I'm not. You're 
stealing my bit right now. I literally We're walking have home it. the other day, and there's a cutout of, of Shaq Life at size. Office Depot. <laughs> Life size. Life size. Yeah, like, like some someone pencils. doesn't surprise me for some odd reason. I'll tell you yeah. something. I went to Staples over the summer to get ink for my job, saw the Shaq cutout. It's huge. It's life size for sure. And I was so confused as guy. to why they had that there. Well, so I took a picture of it, and it looks like he's behind bars. It does. And I said, you know. Free Shack. Free Shack, yeah. You know, just to tie this all I together, Shaq. I love the uh, cardboard cutout Saul in the opening episode of season Oh, six. that was <laughs> so yes. Wait, in the house. You know what's so, yeah, let's tie this back to, you know, what else can we say? You know, <laughs> support your local theater. We, we have a couple pieces you can read. Um, Richie had a really interesting story about studying abroad. Um, uh, you know, the the uh, purple um, martin is a really local, interesting bird. I don't know, South Carolina, you might have seen the gourds. Um, you know, that's a cool seasonal. Look up pur- purple martin Jack Bingham on the Daily Gamecock website. It's yeah, a cool story. But the, art, the art for this story is cool, Yeah, too. beautiful, beautiful. Um, but, yes, the cardboard cutout in Better Call Saul... The the I don't know you know the the cinephile in me is still trying to find the poetic you know theme to the pool shot they love the pool shot I think it's just a recurring thing for them it's a just a point. motif yeah. yeah it's just a motif for them because they did it so much in Breaking Bad and it's all because of Walter in that one scene where he's like in the water just depressed or whatever yeah and then they do it to Don Eladio right they do it to Don Eladio Skyler gets in the pool yeah Skyler gets in the pool. Audrey has not seen Better Call or Breaking Bad, so I've we can't say. I've never seen a single episode of any... Breaking Bad, but I've seen all of Better Call Saul. Yeah. That is so It's a little strange. So strange. Yeah. And I got so much of... Honestly, it hadn't been a problem until the very end of the last season when they spoiled so much of Breaking Bad. But obviously, they no, would no, assume no. that you've seen the original if you're finishing the spinoff. They don't... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's on me a little bit for that. No, it's on me because I, I, you know... But it's okay. I mean, really, let's just... For anybody Be that's right here. curious, you two are dating, so that's yes. why they're that's doing why. everything together. Right. Just for right. Yeah, the, yeah. The I would never watch a TV is show I, with her yeah. otherwise. <laughs> is I would have never watched Better Call Saul had you not made me watch it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you really only know Hank, Schrader. Do you know that? Who? Okay, so maybe I'm actually just drawing attention to something that went over your head. Oh, yeah, um, you definitely are. Yeah. But we ha- we, we're going to talk about it, though. We have to talk yeah, about it. It's okay. Yeah. I have spoiled it for myself so many times. Already. Okay. <laughs> the way they deal with Hank's death is really interesting. Yeah. In these last I, I was not expecting it either. Having Marie there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, I hate... That's such a good character in Breaking Bad because you hate her for the majority of the show. And you're like... This woman is one of the most annoying people on the planet. <laughs> and then and then there's that yeah, scene where she's, she's like annoying. stealing stuff and you're like, gosh, actually she's a, she's becoming to be a very well developed character. And then like Hank gets sick and it shows more of her like, you know Jesus Christ, they're minerals, Marie. <laughs> yeah. They're minerals. <laughs> yeah. No, she, and so seeing her in and I in Better Call Saul was like such a perfect move on their part. And it's like they finally kind of gave justice to that character, too, I feel like. Yeah. And she looks so badass, too. You don't think so? No, I think she looks great. Honestly, I thought she was Kim for a second when they <laughs> when he sees yeah. her in the police station at the end. I love the black and white. Because Kim but... has her hair dyed in the last couple oh, episodes. Yeah. I hate so that. it's like So oh, she's, like, standing, that. not facing the camera. I'm like, oh, Kim's there. That's crazy. And then she turns around and it's Marie, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? I was like... What? It was honestly like my least expected Breaking Bad. Yeah, me cameo. too. Me yeah. too. 
I um, you know, I, I loved the black and white, but it could be a little hard to see sometimes. You know, mm. I think like visually, I love the choice, but at times when I was like trying to predict things, you the, know, the black and white totally like and completely pays off for me because like it, the entirety of the black and white being used throughout the show is 100% justified by the moment when Kim lights her cigarette yeah. Yeah. in, in the jail it. cell with him. Yeah. And it, like, just the butt of it lights oh, up red. So it honestly good. took me a second to even, like, register that that was in color. Right. Because it just was so perfect. Not for us. Yeah. It was, it was pretty was... immediate for okay, us. Okay, yeah. cool. You know, big cinephiles. <laughs> right. yeah, we're, yeah. we're tapped into that kind of... <laughs> Wait, wh- what did you say? I remember you saying, like, I, I oh, said it would have been cool if that was the only yeah, thing in color. you know, because any good black and white sequence needs a little spot of color. It's the Schindler's List yeah, moment. Exactly, the girl in exactly. the red. And I, I thing, thought they yeah. were going to do, you know... Like, I thought it was going to be his ring. You know how oh, his r- yeah. ring is red? Right. I thought, and I thought it was going to be, like, any color they put in is, like, the, the Saul Goodman coming back to the Gene Takovic. But I would have liked that. You know, I know. I like what they did better. It would have been it would have been tongue-in-cheek to do pink. Let's, let's back up a little bit yeah. and just kind of talk about the season as a whole. Uh-huh. Do you uh-huh. think... I mean, do you think season six was the best season of the show? And do you think it was, like, the right way to take things. Because it's very, like, I don't know. I feel like compared to the first five seasons, it's definitely a departure from uh-huh. kind of the pace and style. Like, it just yeah. instantly, like, from the first, like, two episodes is so much more intense. Yeah, it's In so ways intense. that, like, Breaking Bad kind of, like, got really intense in season three and start like stayed that way. Whereas right. Saul is, like, up until, like, Bagman, which is, like, the second to last episode of season five when he's out in the desert, like up until then, it's yeah, it's very slow. it's very slow, and you can yeah. almost see that in like you can feel it coming when he's like waiting in the desert. You're like, okay, his decision to do this cartel deal is like the final straw in right. him as a moral person. You know, I think him representing Lalo, just yeah, just but, that you know, but that could have been it. It wasn't his choice up yeah. until. He goes out and gets the money. He, remember, because he's about to walk out of that. And he asks for money. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And Lalo's like, all right, I'll find somebody yeah. else. And I mean, probably he would come back and kill him later or yeah, something exactly. anyway. But like, yeah, him deciding to go out and take the money is what does it. I was, yeah. we were having a discussion about this in one of my classes because our teacher asked us like, what have you been watching recently? And uh, me and another kid mentioned Saul. And, like, then she asked us to, like, break down the main characters of what we mentioned earlier. And he's like, yeah, and Saul is, like, just this guy that, like, you know, he's only driven by money. And I was like, that is not the takeaway I think yeah. you're supposed to have from the show at all. It's no, like, that is, like, kind they literally of what breaks that him, out. But yeah. yeah. But money is not the reason he does no, what he does. No, not at all. And well, I mean, they literally, like, juxtapose that so, I mean, to use a big word there. Yeah. They, they <laughs> do that because, you know, they do these scenes where they're, like, you know, there's literally the time machine question mm-hmm. to talk about that exactly. And, you know, you could probably go into that a lot deeper than I'm going to. But it's like he always says, you know, money, the Jimmy Buffett choice or whatever. But it's never Warren that. Buffett, yeah. yeah. The Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Oh, Jimmy, excuse me. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, just to get invest, a margarita. Investing in Jimmy Warren Buffett's Warren. businesses. Right. Yeah. Right. He just wants to get a margarita. It's his real reason. But No. The, the time machine is a perfect way to give every character a send-off. Oh, it like, it gives so it gives Walt a good send-off. It gives Mike a good send-off. It gives Chuck a good send-off. 
like the, the uh, time machine, like that, like little like narrative conceit that they came up with with the book. Yeah, in the is books, so there good. in the first like like five minutes of the episode of the of season, season one of the season, episode or season, season six. six episode one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think like the I don't know. There's just so many things. Like I have like a whole like page of notes of things I love from season. It's six. It's such a brilliant, and, brilliantly done show. Um, the time machine is so touching. When he talks to my my favorite one of my favorite parts in season six, and I think what what is so interesting about Breaking Bad, like when you boil down to Breaking Bad, boil down Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, it's like, it's always like you know, kind of about the choices you make and like like the you path know, they set you on, right? Yeah. The path they set you on, and and when he when Chuck goes like, we always have the same conversation, don't we? Yeah. Like it gives me chills to think about. Like that's so good, and like like it's so true to the character, and it's so nuanced to like. No, that's not the truth. But then again, like it is up until like what like five minutes after that episode when he's you know like says everything in court and like goes against everything he's ever said for. And, right. Like, you know, it's crazy. I think that the ultimate like message of both shows like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad they're obviously very thematically linked and I think what both shows do is they show that like no matter the bad and evil you choices you make in your life you can't make up for them you can't change them you can't erase them but you can always make a choice in your future that rectifies it the best you can that's Walt going back to save Jesse and give the money to his kids and whatever and him admitting to Skylar that he's like I did it for me I liked it you know that whole thing oh and that's so good for, yeah. Jim, for Jimmy it's slash Saul it's yeah. him turning himself in right and like bringing Kim to the courthouse and accepting the long sentence and right. like apologizing for the things do he's you, done yeah. do you think that he knew he was going to do that the whole time yeah. like why fight for those seven no, years no no he didn't know till, remember he's on the airplane yeah and, and that's when he Cause that, he's on the that's airplane. when he makes the choice. Right. When yeah. he hears right. that Kim is going to get a yeah. 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 He's well, still Saul up until, like, the moment. Well, because they still until have the he, plea deal. Yeah. Until, on the until he, like, sees Kim in the courthouse, he's still Saul. And then he, like, comes out with all of it. And that's when he becomes Jimmy again. Yeah. Because, oh, like, yeah. I think what the entire point of, if you want to say the entire point of Better Call Saul is, like, the title is almost a misnomer because he's Saul for like three episodes of that show. Yeah. But like, it's just supposed to show that that entire persona that he has through all of Breaking Bad is a complete, like, he's like a two-face, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, well, not really because he doesn't switch between them. Right. But like that whole chapter of his life was a coping mechanism for what happened in the events of Better Call Saul. Everything yeah. with Chuck, everything with Kim, everything with Howard, it's all a coping mechanism, you know? Yeah. There's the one scene, and I rewatched it when when we were gonna watch um, season six that really stuck with me too. And I think it it perfectly shows that you know Jimmy is this sane person, and then Saul is this sort of protective shell. He he like a psych like magic ability that he uses when um, Howard is like poor Howard also, but Howard's <laughs> in the courthouse and he's like like Jimmy, we need to talk. Jimmy, we need to talk, and he's like. You know. Lightning bolts shooting yeah. my fingertips. Yeah. yeah, and like he's just going crazy, and it's like that, like the this sort of breaking through of of emerging of the characters and like two sort of personalities is like 
okay, this guy has some mental health problems that he needs to rectify. Here. Right, yeah. yeah. I think the like the way they transition like into the character throughout season six is like so good the way he yeah. transitions it to Saul. Like there's a no more depressing jump cut than from the scene of him fighting with Kim and then it just cuts to him waking up in bed with yeah. like a hooker yeah. and, yeah, and Saul flipping Goodman, his and he's like oh, under his he gets yeah. a call that it's like the public masturbator. <laughs> so like you know that's probably yeah. like that happens on like the first day of his appearances in Breaking Bad. Did oh, you catch that? Yeah. Because the person no, on the phone that calls him is like public is a public masturbator, and that's who he confuses Badger for. Oh, that's so crazy. So like that scene is probably the morning of Walt and Jesse calling him for the first oh, time. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. I think that's something that I really enjoyed in season six, kind of the end of season five, but definitely season six is Kim's kind of devolving into you know the right. whole scheme of it all like and even even jimmy like noticing being like this yeah. isn't you yeah that's what you said when we were talking last time like, were, like we, we saw it a there. little bit when kim defends jimmy to howard she's like oh well i think you're bringing this to me this is a big deal he threw bowling balls on your car like that's kind of the beginning where everyone's like huh it's kind yeah. of strange and then to her completely be willing to throw Howard under the bus for some oh money. God. Ice I think it's I think it's season there's like Kim gets mad at Howard in season three and then she gets mad at him again in season four after Chuck dies and she's like going off on Howard. And like every time she like does that you can just see like her becoming a little bit more and more like Jimmy. Yeah. Like the like if you want to say somebody instant shift. Yeah, like, Jimmy is always kind of a skeevy guy, even at the start of the show. But, like, Kim is really the one who, quote-unquote, breaks bad yeah. in Better Call Saul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the scene with her mom was really interesting, yeah, too. Yeah, that was that so good. That little piece with her and her And that mom. so explains, you know, sort of the way her mind works. Right. And I didn't, I mean, this could just be me, but I didn't really, under, like, was her mom a schemer? Is that what they were trying to say? Yeah, her, her, her mom's a schemer and, like, kind of a piece of shit. And, like, so she, you know, and she was kind of being like that. And her mom he, like pulled a slipping yeah. Jimmy scheme yeah, on exactly. the okay. like uh, wa the watch place or whatever, right, yeah, right. whatever jewelry store they yeah. were in. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that was so good. I think their breakup scene is probably like, I think episode nine, Fun and Games, is like, I had I had this like analogy that I was telling Max about where I was like, plan and execution and point and shoot, which is like, Howard dies and then Lalo gets killed. Like, those two episodes are, like, yeah. the Ozymandias of Better Call Saul. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, yeah. Audrey, no, this true. is a Breaking Bad That's thing. Okay. Yeah. They're, yeah. like, the Ozymandias of Better Call Saul. Yeah. Fun and Games, which is the episode right after that, which is their breakup. It's Howard's funeral. It's Gus's, like, wine scene. That's, like, the granite state. That's, like, the reckoning with your past and your decisions. Yeah. And then, like, the last four episodes are, like, Felina, where it's, like, yeah. the making up for what you've done and righting the wrongs in your life and everything like that. And, like, they each have their own little message. It's kind of compartmentalized the way the last three episodes of Breaking Bad are. It's just yeah. a little bit more stretched out here. Right, which I'm but so happy the, they did. But it's I the same it. arc, yeah. Yeah. I No, I'm glad they went with 13 episodes for the last season. Yeah, and the last one was the longest of any Better Call Saul episode, I'm pretty sure, too. Or Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. How was long was that? Didn't even feel It was, long. like, an hour and 20 minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Which is pretty long, though. It's like a feature-length film. Almost, yeah. How do you guys think that now, having finished all of Better Call Saul, that's going to affect when... Because inevitably, we are going to rewatch Breaking Bad. Like, I'm going to have to watch Breaking yeah. Bad. How do you think that that's going to affect, like, how I see that show? I, think, I mean, you'll know what's coming, but you can't 
predict Wal- fucking Walter. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, you, Walter's you're such still a in, cannon, yeah, yeah, you're still in for a, any anything involving Walter. You'll be surprised about. I mean, you don't know Jesse at all, really. It's just crazy watching six seasons of Better Call Saul and seeing how calculated like Gus and Mike and the cartel are. Yeah. And just knowing that... You don't get any of that in Breaking and, Bad, really. Well, no, they do. They are like that in Breaking Bad. Yeah. But watching them establish their empire in yeah. Better Call Saul, it's fucking crazy that like this loose cannon chemistry teacher is able to wipe literally all of them out Ooh, within, a, yeah. within a couple of months. Yeah. Like, Breaking Bad only happens within a couple of months right. of story time. And and there's that one scene where Mike is, like, reading about people to uh, Saul, and he's like, like, these guys, they're small potatoes. Yeah, and he's I'm, like, he's like, like, oh, he's it's like, just so foreboding for yeah, this. Yeah, he's like, this Walter and Jesse kid, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> yeah. like, why are you taking yeah. them on? Yeah. yeah, he's like, I don't even think about them. They're small potatoes. But literally, potatoes. Saul says, one of the things he admits to in his final speech is like, you know, Walter White wiped out all these crazy criminal organizations. He did damage to tons of innocent people. Like, the only reason he ever gained anything close to that amount yeah. of power is because... I had dealt with all these fuckers before, and right. I knew how to beat them. No, and I could true. tell him. I told him what to do at every turn, yeah. which he does. It's so true. Yeah. I, I, I love that they did that, too, because it's like, you know, I love Walter, but I think we can all agree, like, the shining star of the entire Breaking Bad universe is, is Saul, right? Yeah. Or Jimmy, or, uh, yeah. This better Everyone's call Saul great. kind of makes him the protagonist right. of the whole story. Right. Yeah. And you know when when I when you look back on it, he's really not even in Breaking Bad like that much. Like he's in it a lot, but like, you know He comes in at the end of season two. Yeah. And then he's main cast season three and four and five. But yeah, but it's not even really until and I don't want to spoil it. Well you saw the scene it's, where they're in that room together. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's big then, you know, and, and like that sort of whole plot line there. But like even when he's just consulting, like you know, even Mike doesn't really get that big till you know the later seasons when they're really like, you know, part of the main episodes. Like, yeah. like there's no is there? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even remember a scene other than like where it's like five minutes before Walter busts through the door or something that's like Saul alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I think, don't think no because well that's the interesting difference is because it's not told it's Breaking Bad is always told from Walt's perspective yeah. so you rarely ever see a scene or Jesse's with, perspective I guess yeah but you never see a scene in Breaking Bad with Mike Gus or like Saul that doesn't have like Walt or Jesse involved in some way right. you know or very rarely right and I think what it does the way it recontextualizes Breaking Bad um is like that scene where like they have the time travel discussion yeah and walt's like time travel what are you, what are you even th- talking about yeah. and like when he when saul says like oh i probably would have like done a better job at like getting that you know that slipping jimmy like thing i probably wouldn't have done that or whatever and walt says like you could tell jimmy's like or saul is just like protecting himself like he doesn't yeah. actually want to say he his feels real like feelings. I wouldn't have hurt my knee but or Walt says like I would go back to when I made that company and really yeah. get rich off of it but you know Walt's telling the truth you know yeah. that is the only thing he would change right because he ultimately the whole point kind of of Felina is that like he's still happy with what he did <laughs> like even though like he ch- kind of rectifies it yeah. with some people at the end he's no. still proud of he's, everything that yeah. happened you know yeah. he thinks he's like I won like yeah. I don't give a fuck you know <laughs> yeah. so like it That's makes you so recontextualize true. Breaking Bad in that you just realize, like, 
the trick of Breaking Bad is that Walter is like the most despicable character yeah. in the history of TV, but it makes you root for him. Right. But when you see when you watch six seasons of a show through Saul slash Jimmy's eyes, and then you see a scene of Walter acting like Walter, you realize what a fucking asshole he yeah. is. You're like, how did I ever root for this guy? He yeah. plays the character the exact same way. Yeah, that's it's exactly just you're seeing you him it. through someone else's eyes other than his own. Right. So you notice his flaws so much more. That's what I said after I watched that scene because that's the only scene I've ever seen of actually Walter like in the well, show like in the besides RV. like a still or anything. Right. And I was like, this guy's an asshole. Like, why do you love him so much? We, like, oh, Steven is Walter's <laughs> biggest fan, I would say. All right, all right. Jesse, I'm out of it. What did Lawson say about the rot? Oh, well, I'm, I'm kind of a clean freak. No, I don't know if you know this about me. Like, I guess it's pretty unhealthy, maybe. But I, I just, you know, like, I don't wear shoes on my carpet. And maybe that's psychotic of me. Um but not psychotic. It's you know there's there's I I, I I care a lot about you know the cleanliness of, of my surroundings and so there's this scene where you know and it's it's so true because I guess I do kind of have a bit of you know frustrating n- neuroticism to some of the cleaning stuff I do but <laughs> um, like you know when he's kind of starting to really fall down the slope of like pride and and like greed and and he's hiding the money in his basement. And he's like, you know, he, Skylar's like, come, come out from under there. Like, why are you down there so much? And he's like, Skylar, there's rot. And like, he <laughs> freaks out about her over like the dumbest thing. So, I guess that I guess Lawson said that's something I would I would do or say. The best but. scene in Breaking Bad is when he comes into the house at like near the end of season four, and he's trying to find the money, and he gets into the crawl space, and then Skyler's like, I gave it to Ted, and he just starts laughing. That's the greatest ending to any yeah. episode of TV ever. Uh, oh, that's such a good show. You know, Better Call Saul does this too, but something that's really interesting is the um the soundtrack and the music choice. Like it's so it's so perfect, like the sixties, seventies, you know, music. Wait, did I show you the uh end of Breaking Bad Baby Blue parody that I made? Oh, did did you see someone commented on it about the pizza sauce? Yeah. That was me. Yeah. Oh wait, that was <laughs> yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. I gotta yeah. go follow you then. Yeah. I, I don't post anything on there, but right. it was good. It was well done. Yeah. Yeah. But no, really the funny. soundtracks are perfect. No, I, I for like two years of my life I was obsessed with that um blue song. Baby blue. Yeah. Baby it's in blue. the departed too. I know. I know. When when Leo shoots the guy yeah. uh, who tells him that uh Jack Nicholson's an FBI informant, he's like he's like, Don't don't chew me up fucking high, man. <laughs> fucking high. <laughs> That's a great scene. Yeah. While we're on the topic of Departed, I want to finish what I was saying about Barry. I've been watching the show Barry. Uh, there's a scene, a bunch of dumb actors, they get assigned the Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross bit. And I was oh. thinking, and no one I talk about this, the the, uh, the Alec Baldwin effect, how he's in like The Departed for like five minutes and he steals the show. Yeah. And he's so good every time. Glenn Gary, that's yeah. what he and does. And he plays like the same character. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Um. What else from Saul? We didn't talk about... Okay, I was making a point earlier that I think fun and games is like the granite state. It's the reckoning with your past. Mm-hmm. Two other scenes besides their breakup scene that I really love. Like, their breakup scene is great. Like, when she's like... It's yeah, the first... bad for each other. It's crazy that the first time they ever say I love you on screen is when they're yeah, breaking up. I was thinking about that, too. I didn't even care. Like, they don't even say it when they get married. Yeah. Because no. I always thought, like, you know, up until that scene, I always thought, like, you know... They care about each other a lot, but they're both kind of like twisted, and they'll never say it, you know? Right. Because yeah. it would like bring, you know, it, they would have Goodman to bring would down the defenses, right? To right. Say that, yeah. yeah. 
and so like when they say it there, it's like, oh god, like, it's so are, heartbreaking. Yeah. Like you're like he's so desperate. There's nothing left that he'll say. Yeah. And it was so good. Like their relationship was so good. Yeah, they were so actually being cute together and like acting like they were a married couple. I just knew something was gonna happen. It couldn't have been that good without them long. being cute together. Is yeah. framing Howard as a cocaine addict? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes. Yeah. Like, they literally, those are the... they literally, as he's blowing the um, sandpiper case, they're literally fucking I as know. they listen yes. to yeah. him like and have then, a mental breakdown, uh, which is just so messed up on so many levels. Well, that yeah. just says something about the both of them. You know, together. they were bad for each other. Is the truth of it? They were exactly right. But the yeah. scene when they're trying to um, fabricate those pictures of uh, Jimmy giving the envelope of money to the judge. Which is so brilliant of him, too. And Kim, like, running around barefoot <laughs> in the grass. Like, I was just thinking, like, how real is that scene? Like, them running around together having fun while, like, actively bringing down this man's career. That's yeah. what my sets look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I love that film guy, too. Oh, the film, the, like, the, the little indie film crew is yeah. so good throughout the whole I show. I love the scene where they, like, even, like, build on his character a little bit and show him teaching that class. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, you can't use the expensive <laughs> cameras because you got to pass the class before yeah. you get access to those. <laughs> that was so good. I love that guy. It's, um, this is probably totally false, and I've looked it up, so I'm pretty sure it is false, but doesn't that guy look just like the grown-up version of the little kid in uh, Moonrise Kingdom? Yeah, yeah, kind of. He does. Yeah. He does. And I always used to think it was him. I was like, oh, it's the Moonrise Kingdom kid growing up. But it's, no, the it's, first it's, season no. of Better Call Saul was like two years after yeah. Moonrise Kingdom yeah. came out. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not him. But they look astonishingly similar. Brothers, um, maybe? I love uh, Howard's funeral scene. Oh, it's ha- so heartbreaking. Also a very sinister moment for Kim. Yeah, she literally like, oh, gaslights the widow. Because for no she, reason. So, well, like... The, the crazy thing is, so, like, the last thing Howard admits to them before Lalo, com- Lalo comes in and shoots him is he's like, yeah, and my wife and I have been on the fritz for, like, six months. I'm sleeping in the guest house. So just another thing for poor old Howard to have to overcome. And, like, then Lalo comes in and shoots him. But Kim knows that he's been sleeping in the guest house so she can pin it on the wife as being the wife's fault because she knows that the wife would have nothing, no idea what's going on with him. Yeah. So Kim's like shouldn't you have seen the signs? I mean, you knew him better than anybody. And then the wife just breaks down because she's like, I actually, like, in her head, she's like, I, I don't because I pushed him away. Like, this yeah. is my fault. Like, Kim makes his widow think it was her fault. Also uh, kind of off topic, but so sad how he makes her that cute little cappuccino and she just pours it in her coffee Yeah, cup. poor Howard. Gets rid of his Justice latte for art. Howard. Yeah, honestly. His little peace sign. That, that honestly, awesome. that scene made me feel worse for him than anything else. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah, when he gets shot in the head. Is it he was trying shot? so hard to yeah. be a good husband. And, and, like, how he got up and, like, shined his shoes and he, like, you know, made her, you know, he's, like, sweeping the coffee grounds and, like, Oh, that is heartbreaking. Uh, when when he, I mean, wait, I guess I just spoiled it, but major spoilers. But when he he gets shot, Audrey and I literally like uh, gasp. We you know paused I mean? it. I think we paused like, it. And I, had a moment I of thought I was like, okay, he's gonna shoot him immediately upon entrance. You know what I mean? And if that doesn't happen, then it's gonna be like hostage or you know Howard's gonna get brought into their schemes or something. I was like, no way, Howard. Like. I was like, okay, Howard survived. Like, you know, he didn't get shot. And then it's like, he gets shot. Well, you see him screwing on the silencer and you're like, no. Well, because I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, he's just threatening, you know. Yeah. Like, Like, Lala's going to use him for something. Right. Right. Exactly. The, the The best part about that, also, 
final note on his funeral scene. Yeah. Did you know that the pictures they use are from uh, Patrick Fabian's Facebook? I, I figured. I was like, <laughs> I was like, those look real. He's totally an athlete. And one of them, one of them like actually it. had Tony Dalton in it, and they just cropped him out. So literally, they took a picture where the guy who plays Lalo is That's in the picture so that they funny. cropped him out and used it in his funeral scene. See, <laughs> they were good pictures, pictures like that. Like if I saw that picture, the two of them together, that would make me feel a little bit better about the whole thing. Just to remember that like they're not these horrific people. Well, you did see them together when they were laying in their in their grave. Yeah. Oh, God. that was Dude, I, I will never be able to watch Breaking Bad without thinking of them underneath the lab every time I know. in there. I know. I was thinking about that too. Oh, because it's like gosh. how many hours of Breaking Bad are Walt and Jesse in that lab? It's like all of season three and four. Is Medical them in that lab? It, context, it, it, again, you said it perfectly. Yeah. Like it, it, it makes like, just to have them be like cooking meth on top of Howard like the entire show is like insane. And just like the way that they throw their bodies in there and how they show them is just so it feels so real. Because both of those characters are so like, you know, powerful and like prestigious and like and like full of life and like yeah charisma yeah. yeah and so like seeing them like. Like curled up, you can't see what I, I just made up. <laughs> that was so bad. Yeah. I wish I caught that on video. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, just seeing them like curled up, like smushed into a little dirt hole, is, was shocking. What'd you think of the? Uh, oh wait, I was gonna say about the um, Howard death scene. Like, part of the reason I love Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad, and more than ninety nine percent, actually more than every other TV show I've watched. Yeah. Um, is because, like... He still hasn't seen Succession, for the record. <laughs> oh, true. Or Sopranos. Or no, honestly, but, I think Better okay. Call Saul is better than Succession. I'll say it. The reason... Whoa. Maybe. The reason I love Better Call Saul so much is that, like, they use, like, the visual storytelling and, like, cinematic language, like, very well to, like, yeah. cue you into what's happening. Like, so much of what's going on in the show is unspoken. Um, and there's, like, no better, like, microcosm of that than, like, when the little candle the can yeah. yes the brilliant. candle yes. in the howard death scene because when howard walks in like they're watching a movie on the couch and like they're like oh our plane went great blah blah, blah. Yeah. like we don't have to worry anything about the world and they hear the knock and you're like holy shit is it howard or lalo and you don't know yeah and then when they open lalo. the door when they open the door the candle flickers and then mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of an unnerving shot and then it's yeah. howard and then you don't even hear the door opening when Lalo comes in. It just cuts to the candle. I think the door and then is it, open. Yeah. Is why he, he just walked the door in. Open. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Howard leaves the door open. Yeah. So you don't hear anything. You just cut to the candle and you see the candle. No, the door has to be closed because the candle flickers because the door okay. opens in the wind. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, you see, like, sense. Kim's eyes dart to the candle yeah. first. Right. And then you see the candle flicker. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see Jimmy's reaction shot and then you see Lalo walk in. And it's like the way it's shot is incredible. And Howard's just like, what? what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? Who is this? He was like, I'm in the middle J- of something. J- Jimmy, am I in the middle of something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Justice for Howard. Oh, yeah. God. That was, that was so hard to watch. I mean, like, Nacho's death is so oh, yeah. hard and sad. I didn't expect... Nacho didn't goes out like a badass, though. Yeah, he so does go out like a badass. So I feel, felt a little better Howard's about it. was so much more, like, brutal. Even no. though we were, like... I would say equally as distraught when Nacho died. I was I was genuinely like depressed for a day when Nacho died because we ended on that scene and like we just went to bed on that. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, like I was we driving really after Howard day. died. Did you watch the next episode? Yeah, oh, of yes. course. <laughs> we had to. We had to. Yeah. 
I and think we watched like the no, rest of the season. No, that we night. watched until it was all black and white. Yeah, the okay. last yeah. three or whatever. Like, so you watched Fun and Games. Yeah, that yeah, night. okay. Yeah, and so like I like when it cut to like I we've probably even watched you know where it opens up on Better Call Saul or opens up on Saul and is like cheese house, yeah, <laughs> silly little house, and then we were like okay, I, like I, I I knew that that was from the Flash like forward from the episode one, so right. I was like, well, you know, we can probably go to bed now. Yeah. But still. Still um, insane. What would you think of uh, Gus's send-off? Like, his, his last scene in the show is him at the bar with yeah, the wine. I, that was know, awesome. That, it was that. beautiful. And, it, and it's it's one of those shots that's like, you know, even in Better Call Saul, Gus is still kind of a mystery. You know, like, you know, I guess in Breaking Bad, and this is a spoiler, he has, like, his buddy, you know. Max. And that, yeah, yeah, Max. And that a buddy, lover... I, uh, I think Parker. Better Call Saul makes it pretty clear yeah. he's a lover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't really know. And, and then that scene is like, it's so Gustavo because he's like, he's so calculated. He just, you know, he's just going to take a little small taste of the experience of, of, you know, just enjoying someone's company like as a human human and then he's out of there. You know, he can't yeah. even stay for Well, it's like, it's, it shows the tragedy of his character that like because... He's so, like, wrecked by the death of his old partner, lover, yeah. whatever you think. Yeah. Like, that he can't, like, he's chosen this path of revenge against the cartel, and he's chosen to build right. this empire. And, like, when he's flirting with that waiter in the wine, you see, like, his instinct to be, like, this could be a path for me to regain some happiness. And, like, he just, like, then the waiter mentions that, like, the um, wine comes right comes from the fields of Italy and it's like got like an earthy bloody taste and like as he says that he kind of like puts the wine glass down and he realizes that like oh yeah if I let this guy into my life he is inevitably going to get fucked up or die or something so like he when he fucks off he immediately like puts it down leaves like a $300 tip (laughs) and leaves because like you just see you see it in his eyes that he's so like sad that he can't like let himself go down that path but then in response, he just becomes an absolute psychopath. So yeah, yeah. it's like, but it makes you feel for his character, somebody who's like no. one of the most insane villains in the history of TV. Yeah, I think that, yeah. You'll see how fucked up Gus is when yeah. you watch Breaking yeah. Bad. And you yeah. kind of see it in, in Better Call Saul too when he's like killing Nacho's dad, when he's like, or, or when he's oh, about to kill yeah. Mike too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Watching any Mike scene in Breaking Bad, I feel like it's going to be impossible now. I it's know. going to be so emotional. I know. Like his yeah. his death in Breaking Bad is so. Yeah. I can't even think about it. Don't, and I yeah, know don't he's, talk about that I, anymore. I know. Because that that's he died. A we had a good one. thing with Frank. Yeah. <laughs> it's I a tough. It's scene. I I would say it's probably the toughest death of the of the two shows. I mean, Nacho and Howard are pretty tough. You know, uh, to, I, just to draw back to uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of crap TV out there. Right, a lot of TV. I've watched it myself. Think about <laughs> Better Call Saul and how good it is. And they hold nothing back. They kill off m- amazing, beloved characters. But they don't do it in a cheap way. Right. But, exactly. Okay, here's but like thing. things like Stranger Things, like the world loves, and it's one of the cheapest, mm. you know, like most Target sellout shows there is. I saw something that said Better Call Saul had more streaming hours on Netflix than Stranger Things this year. So thank God. Good. Something. Okay. So here's what I was thinking about season six. They, yes, they kill off all these beloved characters. They create these amazing characters and then just kill them, like, in the last season or whatever. They didn't have a choice. 
Like, they had one season to kill off all of these people because no, they're they not in Breaking like, Bad. Nacho right. could have just yeah. run off into the desert or something. But th- I was like, okay, so Nacho has to die. Howard has to die. Kim I didn't think, is either I dead didn't think or Howard divorced. was going to die. Yeah, because Howard could conceivably not be in Breaking Bad. And yeah, it like, makes wh- plenty of sense. Yeah. Like, Kim's not in Breaking Bad, and it makes sense. Right. You know, yes. like. I, th- I really thought Kim was going to die. I'm really glad they didn't kill I know. her off. Nacho's cartel ties, though, made, would make yeah. it pretty impossible for him to have lived because the cartel is such a big part of Breaking Bad. But also yeah. his trajectory was pretty much. He was either going to, you know, oh, when kill off someone. he puts the phone down in that, like, car place, the car shop, and, like, you know, like, oh, he has to die now. Like, there's no way out of this. That's so gut-wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. Another similar scene to that is when Mike has to like his first like kill for the cartel or for Gus is when he has to kill the German engineer yeah. in the desert. Yeah. Oh my god, that is a heartbreaking scene too. I know. And that one sticks with him too. Like mm-hmm. you can see that in his decisions later on, like with the dad and with Nacho. Right. Yeah. He's like, I Fair enough. I I've chosen my path and I can't really like yeah. go back now. But right. it doesn't make it any less painful. I thought it was really interesting. I, I like well, an idiot whenever they were at, I, I screamed this out whenever they did the time travel question with Mike. Oh, I, I was just gonna was, talk about that. I thought yeah. it was like his son, you know, like obviously he's just gonna go back to a time like when he could see his son. But and it's it's when he took his first bribe, which is like of course, you know, like that's, that's the such path, a perfect... that is what sets him on the path to his son, you right. know, getting right. killed eventually. Gosh, yeah. You know? So he's like, I would take all of it back. I wouldn't just go back and save my son. I would save myself as well and, like, my family and everything that happened. That's why he preaches that. He's the one that tells um, Saul, Jimmy, like, you're on this path. You've set yourself on this path. Right, yeah. Yeah. And he does that at the end of season five. Yeah. He's like, bad choice road. I think that's what the episode's (laughs) called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's trying, I mean, it's kind of too late to save Saul, Jimmy, from that because he's already well on his way by that point. Right. That's kind of what he tells him is like, like, if you could go back now, like I would say go for it, but you can't like, this is where you are. Now you just have to live with your decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, you know, as we kind of talked about in the finale, he sets it up so that he can rectify things, at least with Kim. And like, it, I love the last shot. One of my friends, uh, Jared, who's a huge fan of the show, do you know do you know the last shot of Goodfellas how it like cuts to Tommy shooting at the yeah. camera like bang bang yeah. bang it looks exactly like Saul like pointing the finger guns oh, or it's yeah. like it's very I don't know if it's a direct homage to that but it's very much like now I got to live the rest of my life like a schmuck yeah. type deal like what Henry Hill says I don't know I thought that was a really like interesting Yeah connection. I was wondering Does Saul it, do the finger a... guns in the show I was trying to think No like, it's just like it, you know Kim does it all the time Yeah No they do the finger guns with each other because he, like, he does that all the time, yeah. you know? And when she does it at the end of season five, when she's proposing, like, the scheme against Howard, that's, like, her Breaking Bad moment. Is She's like, what if we, like, go after Howard? And then she does, like, that. And she goes into the bathroom, and then it's cut to black, and that's oh. the end of season five. That's the foreshadowing yeah. that she's, like, turning, in, turning into the his fucking finger guns disease. made them speaking, bad. Speaking oh. of uh, Kim Breaking Bad, I love the scene in Waterworks when she talks to Jesse. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's like the parallel Beautiful. between her and Jesse's kind of like, she's at the end of her journey with Jimmy and like yeah. the way that destroyed her. And Jesse's just starting his journey with Walt. Oh, and the that person that like Jesse mentions, Kim getting off, like she's, he's like, oh, you helped yeah, all my friends. Yeah, I remember that. And Emilio. it's Combo, who okay. is the, like the bald chubby guy that gets yeah, shot in Breaking yeah. Bad. 
So right. it's like he's talking to her about like, yeah, my friend combo. And like she's like, oh, yeah, I remember helping him, like tell him to stay out of trouble. And it's like the whole like doomed by your choices combo eventually goes on to die yeah. in Breaking Bad. You know, it's it's yeah. all tied. It, like thematically, it just all works so well together. Yeah. Um, what about Vince the, Gilligan, um, please? We need you. Well, actually, Better world. Call Saul is mainly written by Peter Gould. Oh. It's less of a Gilligan thing, more of a Peter Gould thing, because Gilligan left the show um, in the middle of it to work on El Camino. Oh. And then kind of Peter Gould yeah, took over. We won't go into it too deep, but what do you think of El Camino? I love it. Yeah, I, I think love it's it too. amazing. I think it's so good. My roommates don't like it. I mean, yeah, it's... It's not like Breaking Bad, you know. But in a good way. It's much clo- it's It feels much closer to an episode. I'm pretty also. sure this can't... I mean, whatever. I'll say it. I'm pretty sure I teared up at the end of El Camino. Yeah, you know, wow. it's just such a touching ending. That's really for brave such of a you. broken, hurting yeah. character. Wait for you to be a be a real man. Yeah, yeah I'm a talk man. about your feelings. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a sob. It was just like a manly oh, tear. Really, manly one. I didn't even think it left my eyelid. It just okay. maybe a little well of moistness. Yeah. For Jesse Pinkman. Something that I want to talk about is the shoplifting mm. whole sequence. Of Saul going into yeah, the Yeah, I have a complaint security. actually about that. <laughs> and with oh, the guy, oh um, uh, what's his name? Jerry from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Cameo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name in the show? Jeffrey or something like that? Uh, Jeffy. Jeffy, yeah. Jeffy, yeah. And then it's like one. Uh, what's his little thing that he says? Like three, linen for free. Yeah. yeah. Four, <laughs> Patagonias to get some more or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, like five Patagonias to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> so good. The, uh, you know, my com- my one complaint, they should have cast Bill Burr as that guy. He would have been so good. At- but he's in Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's, he- he's Huel's partner. He's so great. He's Huel's partner I in Breaking love, yeah, Bad. Yeah, he's like schmuddy sh- or something. <laughs> Muddy? Yeah. Sh- Shooey? They watch, they go to ha- Ted's house, and yeah. then Ted slams no, into the no, counter. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't see that's such a big spoiler. Okay. Just forget about Who, like, He's so good. She, I it's feel totally like her not knowing the names of these characters. Yeah, yeah. She, she won't true. remember this. But <laughs> No, I'm going to brainwash myself before I watch Breaking Bad. Bill Burr is so good. And that's Get Walter pilled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to go watch the train episode now. Just oh, the train the episode is so, so good. good. That's like the last like fun episode before it all Yeah, that's shit. true. That's true. Yeah. And even then, you, it's like literally the last second of that episode is, is the, the, the yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesse Plemons right. incredible in Breaking Bad so good you and know, that incredible in El Camino right I'm really happy for that guy because I remember when I was watching Breaking Bad and like Better Call Saul was was on its like second season at this point and like El Camino definitely was nowhere near being out Power of the Dog nothing like that. Like, I'd seen him in Breaking Bad, and I'd seen him in an episode of Black Mirror, and I was like, this guy is so good. Why is he not in more things? And then he so, married Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, justice so. for him. He got his justice. <laughs> yeah. Speedy. Speedy justice for all. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap up this conversation about Saul um, with a little bit of Chuck talk, because I think the last scene with Chuck is, like, just to bring it all back to the whole time machine metaphor that they yeah. use. Like, Mike's scene is great, Walter's scene is great, but... The scene that he has with it's Chuck the, it's at one the of the end best in the whole season is like so good because they don't he like Jimmy doesn't ask him the time machine question yeah but Chuck has the book and it's like all the answers Jimmy's given other people up to that point is like oh I'd go get money or something like that like and then you seeing the book in that scene is like that is Jimmy's actual time machine moment yeah it's like if he had just like you know taken a real effort to like make 
make up with Chuck and to make things right I'm with Chuck. Cry. Like that's what he would have gone back and changed. And I think it's like kind of bittersweet because on one hand, like Chuck had always kind of treated Jimmy with disrespect. Like a lot of yeah. what happens to Jimmy is and is psycho too. Is like is Chuck's fault. Like the way yeah. Chuck treated Jimmy and didn't accept him as a brother is part of the reason that he goes on the path that he has. Right. So like it's kind of I don't know. It's both a time machine moment for Chuck and a time machine moment for Jimmy, you know? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just like their whole relationship. Like, if I don't know if Jimmy, even if he went back in time, if he could have fixed things with Chuck because of the attitude Chuck already had towards him. Yeah, I don't think he could have, but he could have maybe not done the chicanery thing. Right. But But also, Chuck couldn't, should have not have, like, freaked out framed him yeah. with the videotape and everything and like yeah. but even before that like the flashbacks in like the early scene i think it's season two where there's a flashback to their mom dying and oh my Chuck, gosh, like yeah. doesn't tell her yeah, doesn't tell liars. him what he, what he, she said on yeah. her deathbed like also, she was like trying to find jimmy like as she's dying yeah. and chuck just doesn't tell him about that but he also lies the about whole it. thing with them their corner store like their dad's corner store and like right. that's a whole like conflict between Chuck and Jimmy that goes back so deep. Yeah. Well, honestly, if Chuck let Jimmy be a partner at HHM, the whole both both shows never happen. Yeah, like Jimmy no. never becomes Saul, and Saul never helps Walter become a monster. Maybe like and a Gustavo Howard show lives. could have been. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Howard, Howard lives. Oh, I was. It's all say. Chuck's fault. It's yeah. all Chuck's pettiness. Is it the is. butterfly effect of the whole show? It's it really all is. that one little recorder in the drawer. If he had just. Let Jimmy be a lawyer at HHM. Yeah. And it's crazy how the entire first season, you're like, oh, Howard's going to be the great villain of this show or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and then at that's the end so of season true. one, it's like, nah, yeah, fuck like, oh, Chuck, this bro. Asshole. Yeah, this, this, Chuck is so... Uh, this pinstriped asshole is going to suck, I bet. Yeah. Oh. And then you end up loving Howard yeah, and hating Chuck. Howard. Um, so. You know what I was going to say? Do you know in that scene, speaking of what you were saying, um, when he's in the dumpster, he, he keeps that card in the tin that he gets with, like, Alfredo or whatever his buddy's name is. He keeps the vacuum card in the tin of his coins from... It's the little Band-Aid tin that he hides in the roof. Yeah, yeah. The roof of what? Remember, there's that scene that flashes back to when he's, like, a skeevy boy with the... The, like, Um, his buddy, and he reaches into the roof of his dad's store and, like, gets his coin collection. And that's the tin he has the vacuum card in, yeah. Yeah. Robert Forster, so good as the vacuum card guy. Rest in, rest in peace, Robert Forster. Because he, he died. They couldn't use him in the last couple seasons of Saul because he, yeah. he died. I, I looked up. I have open in the immediate past three tabs on my phone, Robert Forster, Twin Peaks, just because I wanted to look at a picture of him and, and his Twin Peaks garb. Yeah. He's so he's good in that, in Twin too. Peaks. Who does yeah. he play in Twin Peaks? Remember in the third season, he's like the cool sheriff. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to describe Just the normal guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> like he's the, the replacement right. in their police department. And he right? does yeah. a great job. I love him. Yeah, because they, they couldn't get Michael Ankin to Yeah, come didn't back. he, like, quit acting forever or yeah. something? Yeah, but he, he wouldn't good. come back. I like that guy. Um, yeah. better. I mean, I have it number one on my all-time TV show rankings. Uh-huh. I think it's better than Breaking Bad. I think I need I'm to watch curious. Breaking Bad again. Yeah. I've, I mean, I haven't watched it since, like, high school. Okay. Um, which is, like, six years ago at this point almost. Yeah. I watched them like back four to back. Years. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you have to ding Breaking Bad for the first season at least because it feels very much like a TV show and it's filming. You know, it doesn't really start getting, you know, 
using the camera until like season two at least. Right. You know, they do some shots of like. I do love the opening shot of Breaking Bad though, yeah. which is the pants flying in the air. Yeah. That's great. You know. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I, I mean, I that. think all se- every season of both shows is fantastic. Yeah. But I think that like. Better Call Saul is a much more nuanced and emotionally rich story than Breaking Bad. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit easier to love uh, Saul, too. Like, Walter, like, when you finish Breaking Bad, you're like, okay, this story tied up beautifully, you know? I don't really feel bad. I feel satisfied. I'm ready to move on with my life. You know, Saul is like, oh, You're just left, like, you. like yeah. empty. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's just such a, such a person whose life could have gone on such a different path that when you see the way he ends up it's like you just feel sorry for him yeah that that, that scene where she's like you had him down to seven years yeah and, and yeah. then he's 86 right 86 yeah. years yeah, I mean, he'll die in jail but he's yeah. he's like kind of more free in jail than he would be if yeah he was exactly still Gene. Yeah, yeah that's what i said to audrey is i was like it's almost a happy ending for him because he you know for better for worse slipping jimmy is like a disease he has like and he can protect- be slipping jimmy right. in prison. Yeah. yeah that's the best place to be and yeah. all the other prisoners love him yeah. Yeah. Got them all like, so, so. that was so yeah. perfect better call he's so. like a king yeah. better call so yeah, so it's, like, honestly the best outcome he possibly could have had. Like, yeah. if Walter had gone to jail, oh. he would have gotten fucking murked in like because he killed yeah. so many people in prison. Everyone would have hated him. Yeah, I totally... Well, we won't talk about it. I don't want to spoil it for Audrey, but I totally forgot about the one scene that Saul references about the prison hit he does. Oh, that that whole montage, it's cutting between that and the meth distribution while it plays, like, Crystal Blue Persuasion, yeah. is, like, the best, like, ten minutes of the entirety of Breaking Bad. Oh, that shit so is so good. good. It reminds me of that scene in The Godfather when they start taking out all the mob. Oh, oh my <laughs> the god! Mob you made me yeah. watch just yeah. that scene on YouTube one time. I mean, that's one, a, and it cuts scene. to it, it's that juxtaposed with him doing the baptism like speech. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's why that's like the best scene in the history. So yeah, I know. So that's good. what I tried to tell you. It's the best. Ever. It, it was a good yeah. scene, having absolutely no context. I mean, it, yeah. Oh, you Nothing haven't seen The Godfather? Just, I haven't seen so much. <laughs> You're trying. I, Max still hasn't seen The Godfather. I gotta get him to watch it I'm first. Never Neither has a Evan. Movie about Max. Yeah. I'm never talking to movies about with Max ever again. Having like not seen the vast majority of TV shows and movies, Stephen has made great headway on you know having yeah. me watch literally everything and anything <laughs> right. all of that Twin could Peaks? be talked about. All of Twin yeah, Peaks. Yeah, that's probably my proudest achievement. All Even of, season three. She, she yeah. didn't watch season one with me. No. She started like. Like, probably, like, right when it's good in season two. Yeah. Hooked her, and then she, like, played on her phone towards the end of season two. I think I crocheted while we were watching it, just to, yeah. for the boring parts. But then we all watched <laughs> all of Game the of Thrones. The Showtime show really holds up. That is a fantastic season. Yeah. It's slow, though. It's re- but I mean, but if you've good. watched, if you've gone through all of Twin Peaks, obviously yeah. that's not an issue. You right. know what I mean? The, yeah. The yeah. If you can get through that scene where the motorcycle guy and those two girls are singing together. <laughs> no, the, the scene in the t- the show, uh, the like later one where the guys, the giant guys floating, and there's just like a ball of energy floating. Well, I mean, around you gotta there. make her watch Eraserhead if you want to get that, that one's the full vibe of that. I re- I refuse <laughs> to know, watch art house movies. I though. like Eraserhead. I was a little. I had to like pause it and take a little break. See, Eraserhead is like slow paced, but for some reason that movie goes by so fast to me. Yeah. Like I feel like it's over in thirty minutes. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there is a whole episode in the Showtime series uh, where it's just like explosions. Yeah. Oh no, that is the best episode. Yeah. It's like the or It's like supposed right. to be like an origin of evil like story because yeah. like it's like insinuates that Bob is born from the nuclear bomb. Yeah. Like that's what that episode yeah. is saying. It's weird. 
But also, but I, I can't it. say I that was my favorite episode. I, I liked it. I mean, I think he really laid heavy on the nuclear imagery in the beginning. There's like 20 minutes of Dude, nuclear Dude, the flashing. opening to the teaser for Oppenheimer gave me those vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What is that stuff that they created eat? Bob. That's like sorrow. Garman Bozia. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that. Like that shot of him holding the cream corn in his hand. And he slurps it up. Yeah. Sometimes I say, like, that scene flashes in my head, like, late at night, and I get spooked a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, yeah. That's yeah. that's our Better Call Saul discussion. Yeah. I mean... Go watch Better Call Saul. It's the best show on TV. Unfortunately, I think only the first half of season six is eligible for the Emmys because they did, like, the Breaking Bad thing yeah, where, they they split it, where they split thing. it up. But they wouldn't sweep, though, because the Emmys are dumb. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I I think that means our also dumb, it's like, up against Succession. So would it sweep? <laughs> Succession's okay, gonna sweep. To Succession 100%. is gonna sweep again. I'm hoping that next year, when season six B is eligible, yeah, that it wins a bunch of stuff. Is what what episode is the candle episode in? Um, that's the cutoff. So okay. that is eligible. Howard dying is okay. the end of one of six A. Because I would yeah, say that's true. the scene that that's like that's a, we'll when that. Emmy. I'm so glad I didn't watch it live because between the Howard oh death and the Lalo death episodes was like four months of waiting. No way. I would have I'm not so been like Howard dying was the cliffhanger. I'm brilliant for waiting this long. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Max said it was unbearable. Oh yeah. gosh. You know I I, li- I like watching TV shows live, but it you know sometimes it uh, doesn't do them good. It's, like, too much. Right. But also, can you imagine how satisfying the next few episodes would have been after waiting that long after yeah. Helen's death? Yeah, I don't but know. that's it's four months of anxiety. <laughs> that I didn't Just have to every day through. I'm thinking about Howard Hamlin. I would. I think about him every day still. No, yeah, the I th- Howard I Hamlin memes him. are so good on Twitter. He was, he was trending the other day, and it was literally just, like, Howard Hamlin, the type of guy to, like, yeah. close <laughs> the door with his waist or something like that. So <laughs> like, true. It's so true. <laughs> Howard Hamlin, the type of guy to... Uh, I don't know. I can't remember them off the top of my head. But the Drake yeah. ones of those are Still my too favorite. soon, though. The yeah. One Piece. <laughs> I hey, love kid the... named Finger, if that is your real name, congratulations on passing the Ohio State Bar. <laughs> and he's like, you're one of the greatest legal the minds I ever knew. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, you know. Is it because like... I stuck you in doc review? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's one of those, uh, that's one of those time. one of the only times that, like, such sort of a parasitic software like cameo can be uh useful useful yeah oh is that what the memes memes. are is he's on cameo yeah well he's doing it for charity yeah it's not like he's like broken he's like i need money from cameo (laughs) yeah they put the little corn kid on cameo he's getting worked to the bone now (laughs) worked worked to the corn Huel did a cameo too yeah where he's like I've oh, sure even I've seen Dean, him in Dean Norris did one where he said, oh, like, Dean Walt, Norris, like, lives off of his cameo. And his, like, yeah, TikTok he said now. that, like, Walt was being a sussy baka. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, what? It's, I think that's why it's so memefied is because, like, characters like Dean Norris are so yeah. interactive outside. The guy who plays Chuck did one. He, yeah. The whole, like, have some more chicken, have <laughs> some more pie. It doesn't matter if it's boiled or fried. <laughs> People are remixing that into yeah. rap songs. Have you seen the one that it's like a, like a, um, a charity commercial or something, and it's like, they're hungry, they haven't eaten. 
They need water. They need water. Yeah. One of the all-time emotional scenes in Better Call Saul is when um, Chuck and Jimmy sing Winner Takes It All. Oh, I listen to oh, that. Yeah. That's the only ABBA song I have on my phone, and every time I listen to it, it makes me smile because I think about that. Yeah. And it's it, like, so it makes me so for their relationship, too. I also love the... Because um, they're so competitive. Yeah, and like they also kind of hate each other and love each other, and like it's all about who's the best. The Frank Sinatra song that they have covered... Um, does something stupid oh it's yeah it's like saying something stupid like i love you and they yeah. play that like a few times throughout the show yeah and it's like it's like montages. kim and kim um, and jimmy Jim song. Yeah. yeah i have that in my phone as well i i bought on etsy i'll show it to you after we finish um a kim and jimmy poster oh. that's like it's like a black and white like painting yeah of them like standing in the parking garage smoking I a cigarette oh my god i had that shot saved on my phone yeah. just because i wanted it but i it's so good. It's, it's not the one in the prison. It's the one in the garage. Like, yeah, from it's a little happier one. that way. Yeah, yeah but like true. I have that. I bought that on Etsy. It's like an like kind of like an oil-looking painting of that. Yeah. So I can't wait for that to come in. That is Although cool. the frame got delivered, and then I'm pretty sure my apartment complex lost the frame. What? So I think I have to order a new frame. You need a, you need a call Saul. I know. Apparently. I better call Saul. Yeah. yeah. I want his little signet ring. I feel like that would be really cool. And yeah. be like I could wear it and people would think I'm like a schemer. You want to wear uh, Walter White's hat? <laughs> oh, God. You know what I realized? Walter White actually has, there's this watch called the Monaco, and um, it's what Stanley Kubrick wears. It's like the Steve McQueen watch. And so, of course, Walter White would have that. Oh, I just forgot. Something we forgot to mention that I really wanted to bring up is yeah. the time machine scene with Walt. I actually take back what I said earlier about, like, you can tell Walt's telling the truth when he says he would go back and get money or whatever. Yeah. His time machine moment when is he looks down at the yeah, watch. Yeah, the watch is like in... The right. watch, and it's the watch Jesse gave him for his birthday. Oh. So he looks at that when Saul asks him, what's your, like, time machine moment? And it's like, I should have, like, treated Jesse better. Yeah. But that, in the chronology, that scene happens during Grant, the episode Granite State, which is when he's, like sent off to New Hampshire. So it takes place before Felina. So he does go back and help oh, Jesse. So it's a little way to like yeah. tie it together. It's like maybe that like Saul posing that is kind of what is played a part in him realizing what he did to Jesse was so fucked up mm-hmm. and him going back to save him because, you know, the way that, that it like holds on the watch. And that's what I mean by like the visual storytelling. Yeah. It's like that's a very simple shot. It doesn't take a lot of technical skill to yeah, do but that. It's but they they put so much thought into making that a beautiful moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's it's like it's not complex. Like it's so like obviously he's looking at the watch, like the watch, you know, like they do it for, it for a reason. Yeah. yeah. It's so sweet that Jesse buys him a watch. Yeah. That's like in the the height of like tension during the show too when things are going crazy. Yeah. And the fact that Jesse like took time out of his week to no, that's, buy Walt a watch. It's so true. <laughs> we should wrap up here. But I was just, my, my friend, Lawson, you know Lawson. Yeah. Lawson was rewatching. And you know that scene where they have Jesse, close your ears, Audrey. They have Jesse go down to Columbia and like, or maybe not Columbia, I don't know, where wherever it was and. and and he's supposed to make the meth, and he's, like, in the lab, and he comes back, and he's, like, and and Walter's, like, why did you meet with Gustavo at his house last night? And he's, like, what? You're tracking me? And they have, like, a fight in Jesse's living room. Yeah. And they literally get up, and he's, like, are you okay? 
And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I never want to see you again. <laughs> like, it's like so perfect embodiment of their relationship that it's like, yeah. they check to it's make like, sure they're okay first. Yeah, but then, then they're like, like, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the whole yeah. thing is Walt never lets the cartel kill Jesse, even yeah. though he keeps saying how much he like wants to stop working with Jesse. It's like, yeah. he can't, he can't let him go because they're like, they really are like, I mean, this sucks for Walt Jr., but they really are like father-son, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and he says that He to prioritizes Walt Jesse over Walt Jr. No, yeah, and there's that scene where well, he's like, after the fight, and he says like, all right, good night, I love you, Jesse, and like it's to Walt, who like tucked him into bed, remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say earlier, Rip that na- Nacho being like... Um, I put you in that chair to Hector yeah. as big, like, I watched Jane die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That is such a good scene. Uh, go Nacho. Yeah. Rip, rip Nacho. Go All Nacho. Right. Um, just to wrap up really quick, I uh, had a blast discussing this. I'm yeah. so glad we dedicated I want to, like, rewatch the season again. It's so good. Yeah. I just, uh, it makes me so sad. I haven't gotten over it. I haven't filled the hole in my life. I've yeah. been trying to watch and movies you, and it doesn't You know, fill it. it's not even fair for you. Because you've only had this in your life, what, like two, three months? Yeah. I've been watching, I watched Breaking Bad when season two of Saul. Dude, I cannot imagine people who have been watching the show since like 2008 when Breaking Bad premiered. I can't imagine either. 14 years culmination. Oh my God. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's so crazy. I watched the behind the scenes documentary of the making of the final season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And it's so funny to hear like Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston and Bob Odenkirk be all sad and they're like, Man, I'm never gonna get to play this character yeah. again. It's been such a big part yeah. of my life. It's like, uh, eight years later <laughs> well, coming back. Not for uh not for Brian Cranston though, just like a little a couple little hits. Well yeah. I guess Aaron Paul did get Camino. Yeah, you got yeah. a you got a good full movie. And which is where he yeah. really shines too. Right. And Odenkirk got okay, his entire TV show. show yeah. Which, by the way, one of the all-time great performances is, is him throughout the, the course of this show. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was actually He never won an that. Emmy, and he does not get enough credit. When he was no. sitting in the jail cell, when he finally gets caught in Nebraska, and he starts laughing when he sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, it's like my lawyer would have, like... How do you play... Well, dream your ass. Okay, yeah. how do you play a character that is that repressed for six seasons... And then the scene when he finally lets it all out, the breakdown scene of him and Kim breaking up. Yeah. The fact that he is actually able to make that six seasons of repression, like, worth the payoff is insane. Like, you have to be such a talented actor to be able to pull that off, to make that moment feel earned, to make it feel as emotional as it should be. Yeah. And he does it. And she does it, too. And it's incredible. Yeah, she's great, too. They should both win. They should both win Emmys. And they probably won't because this shit sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... It's a tour de force. Um, yeah. So next week, I don't know what we'll talk about next week. We'll Something figure it amazing. Out. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, we didn't end up amazing. talking about the "Don't Worry, Darling" drama, but maybe we'll save it for yeah, maybe when the movie crazy comes out. When the movie comes out, we'll talk about it. Um, so this every is episode a, from here on out will just be a countdown talking about Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> so get ready for that. Basically. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Yeah. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. Emmys will be over, so maybe we'll discuss that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe Steven will have a guest for us. Yes, I will, I'll do my best. Okay. All right. Love uh, this podcast is hosted by Stephen Pastis and Noah Trainer, created by Michael Sauls, edited by Noah Trainer. Uh, intro music created by Stephen Pastis and Bryson Carroll.